It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and it's a beautiful day for the Mam Fam, and uh, it's a beautiful day. So, Brian, Richard, party. don't let What's it get up? away. Yeah, nice. Brought it full circle. Perfect. We just made Mason the Edge Man. Yeah, shout so shout out to Mason, um, YouTube fan <laughs> of the show Merit for that uh, inspiration. Mason the Edge Merit is and Buno. So <laughs> Jerry Jones calls him Buno. I love Buno. that. <laughs> and they go hang out with the talking with Buno. Buno. Um, Mr. Rogers is the topic as we do our uh, movie of the week dose. As Brian has already taken care of Frozen 2 with special VIP guest. That was great. And, um, it was. I listened to it on my flight yesterday, by the way, Brian. Nice. Well, I did not enjoy it, but I listened to, to it. It's great. I always love the dulcet tones of a Scottish oh my gosh. guest. Best accent. Lovely accent. It's, a great, Lovely accent. it's a greatness. Oh. And, um, and you were okay too, Brian. Yeah, I was I was a C plus maybe. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I I'm like listening to... to the show when I'm not on it. <laughs> yeah. So no, does everyone listen to the show when I'm on it? I only listen on the episodes where I where I have to skip or something or I'm yeah. out of the out of the like, state oh, or whatever. Man, That's like, the only time I listen to. I'm like, oh, I like this show. Good, it's kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like you've been carrying some dead weight, but uh, nice. nice. <laughs> we uh, we um we're doing our we, our VIP uh, AMA. Very uh, momentarily, actually, that our VIPs will be able to uh, to experience. I don't like to say experience. <laughs> and uh, before on that, we got asked if our uh, spouses, families have ever listened to the show. Have yours, have yours ever listened to the show? Your wife ever heard the show, Brian? Um, she listens occasionally when, yeah, when nice. it's a movie she's seen. Yeah, must be nice. My, mine has uh, literally heard it one time. And it was uh, same with Sarah. It was didn't the, care for it. Yeah, yeah. no, okay. didn't care for it. Yeah, that was enough. <laughs> it was the episode where we talked about our movies, more of a <laughs> slash film movies type. from the two thousands, and um, yeah, the whole time she was just waiting for Almost Famous from all our lists because mm. that's her favorite. Okay. So she's like, yeah. okay, whoever doesn't have Almost Famous on their list is no longer my and friend, it and it was me, and so <laughs> we're no longer together. So that's the end of the story, and I'm. My, now single. My wife has listened to one episode and it was Gone Girl, which is alarming. Um, <laughs> it sends it sends a tone. Yeah, yeah, big. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. As we always said, as we said on that episode, for your VIP, VIPs is that like I always say, I want everyone in the world to listen to this show except for everyone I know because it's yeah. very awkward. Yep. To talk about it with people I know, so yeah. or if anyone you don't you'll know ever me meet too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just everyone else. I mean, maybe maybe I'll meet two thousand people in my life. They're out, but everyone else, the other <laughs> seven billion people, go nuts. Right. Like, yeah, please be a fan. But uh, I don't like to talk about it. Yeah, we, with... I'd love to be big in like Romania or something. Yeah, That'd be we awesome. had a Romanian fan at one point. Uh, she yeah. dropped off. I think. Remember, we got some nice notes from her. I do remember that. Yeah, because yeah. I had messed up and saying Trans. Transylvania was in like Germany or something, and she was like, "No, it's in Romania. You're an idiot." But I'm a big fan. And she then... was out. Yeah, unsubscribed. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Hey, Costa, <laughs> you know what I said when you guys asked me to sign up for this show yeah. seven years ago. I was like, "I'm gonna Costa some Romanian fans," but other than that, if you're cool with that, I'm in. There's risk and reward. 
It's I have like I got a lot of foresight. <laughs> well, man, um, I feel like we've talked about the Mister Rogers documentary on the show a little bit. I don't think we did a dedicated episode mm-hmm. on that. Um, right. what was it called? Um, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, Beautiful yes. Time in the. Uh, won't you be my neighbor? Was it that was, what it was called? I just no, know it as be my neighbor. There you go. I just know it as um, film number one in the MR CEU. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a film in development called Could You Be Mine, and then a sequel called Would You Be Mine. So yeah, they're yep. keeping this whole watch them all in order. Series of Daniel beautiful Day in the neighborhood. I'm excited for uh, when they come together. When with when Jennifer Lawrence plays Lamb Chop, I'm excited for how those you know when they do kind of their Avengers stuff. Yeah. They're they're uh late 20th century PBS extended universe. That's going to be sick. The the Arthur of live action. <laughs> yeah. The, the gritty Bill Nye movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ghost Rider. Yeah. on this Bill Nye movie. Uh, yeah. Gosh. That would be awesome. Exactly. Chris Evans is Beekman. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right. Well, um, I don't know about y'all, um, but you know, I was talking with our friends in Talk Sport last week, uh, previewing this movie, and they had no clue who Mister Rogers was. Um, yeah, I think oh, it's wow. a domestic. Thing. Yes, no clue. Um, Matthew Reese, the star mm. of the movie, had never heard of or seen Mister Rogers when he signed up for the movie. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I realize it is a very segmented kind of thing. But I guess I was part of that segment because it was such a huge part of mm-hmm. my uh, growing up. I think Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers is pretty much all I was given as a kid other than mm-hmm. like cartoons like Looney Tunes and stuff like that. But Same. even Barney was limited in my house for some reason. I don't I, – I understand I was now a little why, old but um, Barney. I feel like Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street was pretty much it. Um that's yeah. at least that's Same. all I remember. Lamb chop for me too. I was a oh, lamb, lamb chop. chop. That was a, that was one too. Yep. Um, but man, so much about Mister Rogers just brings back, um, you know, the warm fuzzies for me. And so when they announced this film, I was very skeptical, nervous about it um, because it is such a sensitive topic for me. And uh, you know, the times that we're in, you feel like they're gonna take it and make it something. Uh, I don't know, almost cash grabby, a little bit, you know, too nostalgic in areas and very political, you know. And um, so I had those fears going in. Um, but man, I was just completely, um, I don't know what, what to say, convinced by this movie. Um, I, not at first, you know. When Tom Hanks walked out of the thing, I was like, okay, that's Tom Hanks. But it took about, 45 seconds into the movie before I was convinced that, that, you know, I study illusion was there for me, um, when it came to Mr. Rogers. Um, but I just thought the direction, the whole production, uh, team behind this did such a great job, both paying homage to Mr. Rogers, um, giving you a behind the scenes look at how the show was created, which I thought was fascinating and also kind of doing a biopic kind of thing, you know, like we've seen before. We've seen the interview format done before, you know, the end of the tour most recently comes to mind mm-hmm. and kind of a similar, uh, we're doing, telling the story of someone's life through this interview, uh, format. It's a good way to do it with yeah. not 
too much. Have it helps with the exposition. I feel like I like For the sure. I like the form. Absolutely, um, but I just thought like just the way the movie was kind of assembled, and you know, just the they the saturation of the colors. Like they took the a lot of the blacks out of the movie, and it made it like really kind of hazy gray tones even that brought Mm -hmm. back like the feeling of watching the show for some reason like they even nailed that um and i was just there's a lot that i liked about this film but i think the number one thing that that just blew my mind and 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 put it over the edge was that they did all the establishing (laughs) shots with the miniature models Mm. i just love that touch and um it just harkened back to such a nostalgic uh, period and you know with the music the piano and everything combined it's just like man I did not think it would affect me as much this might have affected me more than the documentary did honestly wow. um, just like that whole first sequence with Hanks and the way they did that as kind of the intro of the show like a real episode of the show was so well done and um, yeah man I was I was very skeptical going in but I was convinced about 45 seconds in as soon as he started doing the you know the picture frame thing i was like okay this is mr rogers this is his voice his mannerisms everything about that i thought hank's nailed so uh, i'm a believer man this was uh this is high on my list man for this year i was really really into this one what about you brian yeah i'm i i very much enjoyed the movie that was really good i didn't care very much about mr rogers when i was a kid um we I always, I've, I think I've talked about this before. It's weird to me now. You are hardcore McGee and me only. We know. <laughs> we watched a lot of McGee and me in my house, but we had the Disney Channel, and as a kid, and I, I think that's weird. I need to ask my parents about this tomorrow because it's like at at Thanksgiving. Because I mean, we did not have money, and it's weird to me that we pretty much always had the Disney Channel. And I, I think I mean I liked Sesame Street when I was little, and then you know, little, little, but I, I, I found Mr. Rogers to be very boring. It's, it's the legacy of him, of Fred Rogers and what Mr. Rogers neighborhood did for a lot of kids, because you, I think, I think you said it can't like, it is a very American thing. And there is, I don't know, uh, 30 years of kids that this was like the thing. I mean, this was a huge, huge, huge mainstay for every, I mean, this, there has to be a, um, the the cross section of people in America that are within that age group that are not just know who Mister Rogers is or or was, but like had um, some real connection to the show or to him personally or whatever has to be super high, right? Like the culturally, that's it's got to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know, ninety five percent. I mean, it's it's got to be a ridiculously high number. Um, so, but but I wasn't a kid that watched the show so much, uh, but I did – it's like in my, I don't know, my late teens and early 20s, you st- I don't know, got more, saw more stories about Fred Rogers and, um, I don't know, probably did more research and just realized, like, what a what a tremendous human being this person is in addition to um, being so culturally, culturally relevant for, for a huge section of – of the population and stuff. So, um, and then even over the last 10 years, um, you know, just everything that comes, every time we get a story about him or whether it's a, you know, a full on 
story in a in a newspaper or 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 a magazine or whatever, or if it's like the I don't know if y'all remember the the Twitter story that that uh, Anthony uh, Bresnikan, the guy who writes for Entertainment Weekly, did a couple years ago about Mister Rogers comforting him at a t- when he was in college at a time when he was like very much on the verge of just completely mm-hmm. falling apart and this and and fred rogers just steps into it so it's like you get more it seems like we get five of those stories a year and i just eat them up because i think there just aren't enough um truly good people <laughs> in the world right now and he mm-hmm. very much was a genuinely great human being and um and there's so many things that you can take from that and i so i it's it's a we, i'm i don't know if it's weird or not but i i am not a, i was not a kid that cared so much about mr rogers but i am an adult who very much cares about the legacy that he left behind and the, the teaching that he tried mm-hmm. to do and all that sort of stuff and and i love that um as far as the movie goes i'm kind of with you can't like i you know i love hank's uh, the most, as as does anybody. I mean, he's just he's the best. I did think, kind of watching some of those trailers, I'm like, uh, you know, I mean, it is Hanks. I mean, he's he's kind of Hanks in this. He's not really. I don't know if he's going to. I'm sure he's going to do a great job playing Mr. Rogers, but I don't know that it's gonna that I'm going to come away being like, man, what a great performance, you know. And I'm same boat. Like within three minutes, I was like, no, he, he's this is great. Like he's he's really. Um, embodying this character a great deal, and this is, in many ways, this is kind of the perfect uh, character for for him to play. And I love Matthew Reese. I love the framing of this story and the way that they chose to that. Mariel Heller uh, did just a phenomenal job of of putting this on screen. She's great. She's great. <laughs> she's two for she's two. Fantastic, At least what I've seen. Man. Yeah. Yeah, and and she's um, married to the MacGruber director Yorma Tacone, right, so obviously, right. so it's I mean, yeah, I mean, we're this is in the MacGruber universe as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Mr. Rogers loved pop star. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that he was the, but no. Uh, anyway, to, to finish the like he the the framing on this is fantastic. It keeps it from because you know I don't like biopics. I think biopics are very boring, and to take it and do it this way where it's really more about Matthew Reese's character and. Um, and in his, Mr. Rogers walking him through life and trying to be a better person and all that sort of stuff. And then the way they used the set, uh, from, from the show and everything. I thought it was, I thought it was great. There are better movies that I've seen this year and maybe we'll see even more over the next, you know, five or six weeks before the, the year is up. Uh, but I think it very much accomplished everything that it set out to do. It is extremely well made. And it features a couple of great performances, um, and so I'm very satisfied with it. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, uh, you know, and cried a lot because I'm a huge baby about everything. But it was a, for the most part, most of the time when I was getting choked up, it was like, well, it, this very. I, I was aware there were a couple of times where it's like they're trying to to pull the emotional terrorism card on me, but it's working, so I'm okay with it, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I thought it was it was very effective in that as well, and did that in a pretty organic way. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it's Mara Heller is a fabulous filmmaker. Uh, the script is is trickly in some time, but on the whole, very good. There's two great performances uh, by Hanks and, and Matthew Reese, who I think is one of the great. I don't know if necessarily young, but like on the you know newer actors, I think in the world, mm-hmm. I think he's just unbelievably great. And, and this is always so fun to watch a real master in Hanks work with a someone who I think is a, a young master. Uh, Mary Hill is a great filmmaker. Love Mr. Rogers as a kid. Grew up on all this stuff. 
I, you know, I hate feeling in the movies. Not here for it. Don't like it. So I can't say I like loved my two hours um, because I it had the same effect on me. Pixar does. I don't like mm-hmm. that right. feeling. But that I'm wrong. I'm not saying that's that's not the movie's fault. I would never grade a movie uh, anti because of that. Um, unless I find it's unless it's this is us uh, emotional terrorism, which you're right, Brian. There's like moments of that, but it's so um, fleeting that it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't ever rise to that. Um, yeah, it's a really moving, wonderful uh, tribute. It's one of those things. I had the question was a yeah, is it going to be just Tom Hanks in a sweater? Also, we have the documentary. Does this need to be made? But the re- like, you're right. The story is about Reese's character who. For some reason, they sued him because that's a real yeah, guy. That was odd. I didn't that realize was that odd. until we got to the end. And I was like, "Wait, what?" Maybe that I'm thinking like he didn't sign his life rights. Okay. Is the only way I can th- is the only thing yeah, I can. Think it's of. odd because he's he's been really he was in the documentary and's been right. really like vocal about. It's not like he's shying yeah. away from that being his story. Totally, totally, totally. And uh, I just I found that just on the that's on the outside. It doesn't affect the film at all. It's just right. you know, I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, he great writer, by the way, that piece, if you can find that piece, um, that the, you know, that he's writing in the film, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I read that a couple weeks ago. It's really, really good. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting movie and it's like surprisingly, I think, can you ever forgive me added to this and that it's like $25 million budget. That's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. I'm sure a lot of that went to Hanks, but um, as it should, not begrudging, but and it's done well. You know, it made half that back first week. That's cool. Not to be too talk. Not that the money really matters or something like this, but it's a higher budget film than something like this normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that in the way they recreate. Like Ken said, I thought the best parts were seeing how that show was made yeah. in a in, in sort of a, a recreated way. I, I found that really interesting. That's a really important show when I was a kid, and I think you're right, Brian. It's like, um. You know, we have a lot of stuff in this world. Like, uh, this was a. Sh- I mean, uh, Mister Rogers was a was a Christian, which is great. You know, but it wasn't like a. There was never like a religious part to Mister Rogers, yes. other than just the ethics of it. It's just yes. like be ethical, which is like a really good thing. Like outside of whatever right you, wrong, that's the only right. thing. It was never and like, like heavy handed. So it yet. could so it could speak to everybody, right? And there's there's nothing wrong with with things that are overtly religious, whether they be Christian or or. Uh, Jewish or Islamic or whatever, but I just mean uh, this. The cool thing about Mister Rogers is that it was like a truly like ethical exercise and entertainment for kids because that's a really important lesson to learn without the greater sort of construct of life after death and all these things right. that we uh, you know that are sort of heavy for a kid. It's just like this is right and wrong, and maybe that's informed by a religious or Christian worldview, but that's like a just more more than anything, it's just an ethical worldview. And like I think I feel like we lose that sometimes in modern society because the minute you start talking about ethics, people get offended because oh you know whatever this is my religion, this is my belief, this is my lack of religion, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ethics are a true kind of independent thing, and Mister Rogers was really great at teaching that. And I think anytime we can be reminded of that, <laughs> just to yeah. be on our best behavior and to be more than anything empathetic of other people, and that. Right. You know, to to feel what other people feel is not a bad thing. Um, as as someone who says I hate feeling in the in the films, um, so so I think that anytime we can do that, it's just such a wonderful. But this isn't really what's cool about this movie. 
is it's not really a message movie in terms of the message is in there. Of course, Mr. Rogers is someone we should all aspire to be. Um, but that's not the point. The point is to tell the story of his relationship with this, with Matthew Reese's character. So I can't remember the name. Cause I can only think of the real guy, but, uh, so that, that's, what's cool. It's not heavy handed with like, a be a good person and love, right. you know? Right. And that's, that's cool too, because to have, have that and just in, coherently within the stories or because I think the script might've been a little more heavy handed and I give credit to Heller Mm -hmm. for really navigating that well, but yeah. Yeah. It was amazing how well the script, um, wrote the dialogue for Fred Rogers and Mm. how natural that sounded because I feel like he had a very distinct way of talking, just forming sentences and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, that all felt, it all felt very natural and I love that it's a self-discovery story, you know, and it's mm-hmm. not like a movie about Fred Rogers as much as it is about, you know, Lloyd or whatever his name is in the movie um, and his uh, self-discovery of, you know, he, he goes out to do a hit job on Fred Rogers. He's like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. get this guy. I'm going to cover uncover some demons and throw him on the front page. And, you know, Obviously, he is completely transfixed and transformed by his interactions with this man. And yep. how can somebody be this perfect? You know, and it's it's so ironic that Tom Hanks is the one to play him because <laughs> who who else is like that in our culture? But Tom Hanks, like the most yeah. perfect Kevin spotless. Spacey. But yeah, no, I hear what you said. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what I mean. Is that like everybody else? You'd think of like at least one thing. It's like yeah, but you know, and Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, I guess. So far, has been that you know. For, well, the post, the post was <laughs> for you. Offensive. Yeah, you to... were out. Yeah, that was your. Uh, <laughs> that's um. I'm not. I don't mean to be crass, but like it's it's worse than anything OJ did. Is my point. No, gotcha. <laughs> You're out on man Spielberg too, man. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, rough, rough. No, I'm kidding. But uh, the yeah, no, you're right. It's a perfect. It's so obvious. It seems like this can't be good, and yeah. then it, it worked. Absolutely, it's cool. Sometimes yeah. one plus one equals two. Can be right. th- some things can be simple. Yeah, absolutely. And and I was I was I was blown away by that. But just so many so many elements of what they did, you know, were nostalgic for me. And I understand that that does play into it. But you know, the picture picture thing. Mister McFeely comes over. You know. Um, they do the factory thing where they do like the magazine factory and mm. Tom Hanks doing the voiceover of Fred Rogers doing, you know, how he used to narrate those <laughs> with Mr. McFeely was so great. You know, it almost felt like they found an old episode and just like kind of threw it on air. You know, he's like talking about the ink. He's like, that looks like mustard, you know, like it's so, <laughs> so perfect and, and accurate. And it also adds to the story of this, this guy, this uh, Esquire mm-hmm. guy coming to, to see it. And, you know, when when he actually uh, – when he goes to the studio for the first time, it's so so cool to see because they, yeah. they actually shot that at the studio that they shot Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in, in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and reassembled the set. And, you know, it was very nostalgic for people that work there who uh, are still there at the studio that actually – um, still work there and stuff. And, you know, seeing Tom Hanks there as Mr. Rogers was very nostalgic for him. They said, um, just a couple of fun facts about, um, uh, Mr. Rogers, the show about all the sweaters that he used to wear. Um, you know, the rumor, the rumor was, yeah, <laughs> the Bardigan. <laughs> um, 
The rumor was that his his mom used to make them all, which he actually did when the show first started. But when the show got picked up in syndication, the uh, the costume lady, director lady, was out looking for the right kind of sweater, but couldn't find any, you know, with the zip and the fit the right way. But she saw one on like a mail carrier one time, and and uh, and it was the right one. And so she called the USPS, and they shipped her like fifty white sweaters and so she dyed them like you know all these different colors and you know put them in the thing so that's why they're all identical sweaters but they're all different colors of the same design you know it's not like he's picking out a different sweater every time so uh that's a little nugget for you every time you you see that just think he's basically wearing the same sweater that's just dyed with different dyes that's pretty someone who has seven or eight of the same sweater i respect yeah Yeah, you gotta do that just get one uh model of white and dye it all different that you like and it's it's actually smart and uh he said that he the reason he wore the tennis shoes and changed into the tennis shoes is because that early on he uh did so much in the show like puppeteering he used to play the piano and do the music at the same time do all the do everything that he actually had to wear the tennis shoes so that he could run behind to the neighborhood of make-believe or whatever you know and do the thing and on the show and it ended up sticking and being like part of his persona you know and i thought was such such a great touch of this uh in the script i don't know if it actually an interaction was he was like uh matthew reese is interviewing him and he's saying you know where where does mr rogers or you know where does fred rogers stop and mr rogers begin you know and he's like and mr rogers like what are you talking about you know like he couldn't there was no character to him at all you know it's not like almost everybody including us when we go on the air you know there's some element of we're on the air so either you you know talk in a different way or protect yourself in a different way you know there was there's none of that with him it was completely 100 percent genuine well people don't know i'm actually uh i'm uh fully german and this is an accent i do just for the show (laughs) It's a great accent too, to be to be honest. I'm one of the geniuses of our generation right. uh, in terms of method acting. But yeah. yeah, but thank you, Brian. Yeah, I don't say it. that's just other people have said that. I'm just saying <laughs> it. But yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, we all we all develop a persona for the show. And mine is American, <laughs> right. right? But I, mine is anti-file scenes and um, <laughs> overshirts. You, yeah. It, yeah. In in your personal life, you actually uh, I love, love file scenes. In my, in my, <laughs> yeah. in, you act I, I do. Yeah. My, my, my every whole time office is just full of files. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Just and you have so many shirts on right now. You look like st- Steve Bannon can't even touch how many shirts you have on right now. You love overshirts that much. And my entire room is actually decorated in John Travolta memorabilia. So it's you know. Right All for the show. All for yep. the show. All Grease Two stuff. That's the weird part. <laughs> I also like how uh, the Make a Wish thing too was a great touch. Oh my gosh! Oh, that was oh, was that when you cried, Brian? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. That was that was a quick one because it's early in the movie too. You're like, cool. All right, this is what that's gonna be like. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, that was that was perfect and and very. Again, like that's a moment. You touched on it earlier, Richard. Like that, that in the script, that probably plays like a, I don't know, a cheesy TV movie. Mm-hmm. I think in in the yep. script, and and then, or or maybe at best, it just plays like, okay, you're trying to make me. I get it. Like he's a good guy, but 
it comes across in the movie as so shockingly genuine. And and I get like that's a huge theme of this movie is is as far as Mr. Rogers' character goes, is like like you just said, Kent, the authenticity and and the realness of him that he wasn't doing but like so there are I mean there's a million stories out there that are that are would back up that little scene in the movie. Uh, but then it's done in, in such a I don't want to, it's not subtle. I mean, it's, you know, you know what it's doing, but it, it comes across in a way that really feels truthful, not just, here's an example of how great Mr. Rogers was. That It felt like, it felt like stepping into a clip from his real life instead of, um, you know, being uh, reenacted on, on the stage for, for totally. screen. Yeah, the only part that really didn't work for me much was the backstory with the dad and, and Matthew Reese. Um, and, you know, I've heard a lot of that is, uh, I don't know, embellished a little bit mm. for, for the movie. And, you know, that's just disappointing. But, um, you know, you got to have Matthew Reese with a scar. So you got to do that, I guess. I don't know. You know, like... I, I guess that was necessary for them to do. You know, I don't know why you embellish mm-hmm. it that much, you know, because to me it doesn't make that much of a difference, but I guess it makes it a little bit more dramatic where he doesn't feel like he's worthy or, you know, he feels like he's beyond repair kind of a thing, you know, yeah. the, and uh, unworthy of forgiveness. And um, Mr. Rogers yeah. basically tells everybody they're worthwhile and everything is attainable. You know, that was another great message of the movie was that he wanted everybody to feel like, you know, that was a level of success that anybody could attain, that he was just a normal guy that was never, Mm -hmm. not a celebrity, you know? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some embellishment to it. I loved that whole, the way it played out. There were moments early on where I felt it was a little, a little on the nose. Um, but, Overall, I think through the course of the movie, for me at least, it got to a place where I was like, I, I really am as invested in this story as I am in, you know, the, the story of Mr. Rogers and, and, and his character and whatnot. Because I, I, I don't know. I think that's an important that's an important story to tell. And I I don't know. Like, I maybe it's partly being a parent and all this sort of stuff. But, like... I, you know, I have a great dad. I have a very good relationship with my dad and, um, and I'm, you know, he listens to the show. So he's, he was a good dad. Uh, he did things wrong and now I'm a dad. And I think there are plenty of times where I think, gosh, I think I'm, I think I'm a pretty good dad, but I'm constantly in the back of my mind. You you always focus on the things you do wrong. And I'm constantly thinking of like, gosh, am I screwing this a kid up and how am I screwing no, you him are. up beyond repair? When you go to Disney without him, that's screwing <laughs> him up. But I mean, the thing is like, we're any, all of us have wounds from our parents. We have the greatest parents in the world and you Not have, me, man. None. <laughs> you have stuff that's, that's messed up because of your parents. And if you have kids, you will mess up your kids. But they will walk away with some, even the best parents do that to their kids. You, it's, it's inevitable. You can't, avoid it and it's i don't know i think it's an important story to tell to show somebody overcoming those things because there's just there's so many people that can't do that that just can't get past 
whatever wound they have from their parents, whether their parent was a great parent or a terrible parent. They just can't get past it. And it and it I think it is very it's very prevalent, especially with um with with men of that age and of certainly of this that generation too like this you know, the movie's based in 98 so uh i mean that generation especially really took that hard and so anyway i thought it was great i and i think it's an important thing to put to screen and as i always say it's not just about the story is you know a good story and important and significant you also have to tell it well and for me they did i, th- I thought i thought it was told very well and and fitting for uh for what it was trying to do yeah i also liked the um rotoscoping him into the old arsenio appearance and mm-hmm. oprah mm-hmm. too but you know ptsd for you for forrest gump i'm sure brian <laughs> seeing tom hanks in that situation it's very odd yeah yeah just wish he hadn't played ping pong you know that that was where really the ptsd <laughs> set in and took me over the top but yeah, man, this one, uh, this one was very solid. This was way better than it had to be. You know, it's uh, it, it could be a solid biopic with Tom Hanks and be perfectly fine, but uh, it had that extra touch that really put it over the top for me. Um, but, but yeah, I don't want to spoil any more because the end gets really, as you would expect, uh, very <clears throat> uh, dusty in the room. <laughs> oh gosh, but um. At the same time, I thought they would go certain places with this that they didn't go. Like, they didn't do the pool thing. I thought for sure that seemed to be in here um, with the with the uh, washing the feet uh, thing. And uh, But I did remember the setting up the tent from an old the old Letterman show when Mr. Rogers on Letterman. That's where they actually showed the clip of him trying to set up the tent for the first time. And uh, that was uh, cool that they included that moment in here, even though it mm. way predated – when the story takes place, it's cool kind of Easter eggy thing to highlight. Sure, uh, Mister Rogers for Mister Rogers fans, but um, man, yeah, well, I'm about ready to hit grades. What about you? Yeah, I'm yeah. excited if you guys are. All right, well, this one was strong, quite strong, and uh, I'm gonna give it an A. I feel comfortable with an A. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've I've probably seen better movies this year. Um, and maybe we'll see more, like I said, the next few weeks. But uh, I think the movie accomplishes everything it's supposed to accomplish. It does so with a, with a real flair. Um, Hanks is great. Reese is great. I expect, I mean, I fully expect to see Hanks's name on on the Oscar ballot at the end of the year. Um, and I hope Reese gets some some love there too. But I almost am more impressed with with Heller. I just, I thought the direction on this was just superb. Uh, and up there with with the best that I've seen uh, this year. So I, I I'm I'm very very high on it, and, and I probably will watch it again. In the f- although it's not going to be like Ford versus Ferrari, where I watch it a ton of times because I don't want to cry that many times <laughs> over the same thing. But it's really really good, and should be one of those that you put on the list when somebody walks in and is like, hey, I've got a great biopic idea. You're like, okay, go watch these 10 movies and then come back and figure out if we're going to make this biopic or not because we got to do, you got to find ways to make the movie interesting and not just, here's a guy's life, you know. This was a this was a new, adding a new chapter to that list of films where you're just like, they, they're doing that right, doing that very well. So I, I, I loved it quite a bit. Uh, a for me. Richard, what about you? Same grade, triple A. 
Nice. We'll pick you up on the side of the road with this one. Nice. Uh, yeah, I actually, you know, man, I had a little bit of post the post PTSD, and I knew this would be really warm, <laughs> for lack of a better word. So I went in kind of like, this is going to be good, but not for me. But I actually enjoyed it. There were parts I hated being in there because I don't like to feel. But there was I, I enjoy this much more than I expected. It's a much more entertaining and not as uh, just that awful feeling of, fe- of feeling. I like to be numb at all times. <laughs> and uh, and so th- it was it was it was good. No, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I'm going to give it an A. I'm with you, Brian. I don't know why it's not quite an A plus, but Meryl Heller, dang it. May, I mean, I'm in on everything she makes from here yeah. on out. She's. She's two for two with me, and in neither film that I expect to like very much, and so I kind of like give her more mm-hmm. credit for that because I think she's a, just a total stud. I think she yeah. really knows what she's doing. And again, she's married. She has great marriage taste because her husband directed <laughs> MacGruber, so that gives her points in my book. But <laughs> but even if not, even if she was Maybe married to Mac- directs uh, uh, MacGruber two or two, some episodes or, yeah, episodes some, some involved in some. MacGruber That'd stuff. be cool, <laughs> even. But I mean, I I I say that just if she was if she was single or married to someone I hate, who cares? I mean, she's right. total. I think one of the great, great young directors, and it's cool to see. I think one of the great young actors in Matthew Reese with her. So I mean, I, this was this was she's she's. I can't wait to see what she does next. So I came out of this. I was like, that was a really high degree of difficulty. That was my number one thought. Was sure. I can't wait to see yeah. what she does next. Funny. It's funny too. We didn't really talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It right is. That's like, why I liked it more than gosh, I think. It was funny. Yeah. I mean, I wrote that down. Yeah. A lot of little little jokes that. I mean, my my theater wasn't. It was a small theater and it wasn't packed. I mean, it was probably I don't know seventy five percent capacity, and it was. I was not ready for how much I and my theater mates would would laugh in this movie. I thought it was just going to be, uh, you know. 110 minute cryathon basically you know and but there was a lot there was a lot of that early and it sustained through the film and i think that helps can you ever forgive me has that too yes it does it does yeah um which it's the group classic mcgruber (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that movie has that could be such a heavy thing and then richard grant's like really delightful in that movie so Mm -hmm. all right that does it for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood talk. Again, if you want to check out the Frozen 2 conversation, um, check that out. I'm sure a lot of our man fam are seeing that over the holiday weekend here in the States. Um, But we will be back next week. um, And we'll be in the VIP for our our AMA because um, it never fails. Every month we do an AMA for them. So that's part of being a VIP as well as getting in our Discord server and and keeping in touch with us it's been a lot of fun so stay tuned to that and stay tuned to the harry potter deathly hallows part one episode deathly hallows part one episode that we are going to be releasing i guess in the next month or so brian deathly hallows part one will be week uh, this next week yeah Yeah. end of uh, i guess end of november and we'll do the deathly hallows part two yeah part Um, two like right before christmas i think is where we should put that since it's a sort of Christmas adjacent type film. People watch those movies at Christmas. So. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's the new is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Sarah Potter <laughs> Christmas Party. Right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking. I think The Irishman as well as Knives Out. Uh, Knives Out. So yeah. that'll be good. Mm, yeah. Um, so get excited for that on the main feed. But uh, VIPs, 
Get excited for that AMA. And until next time, see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me die young.